All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Ecom Sales Tax Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Johnson, alongside my co-host, Dan Peiser. How are you doing, Dan? Doing well, Andy. Dan, good to see you. Looks like uh, things are uh, warming up there in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. We're finally getting some good weather over here. Uh, I can't say that I am going to miss the cold. Oh, wait. Uh, we know from experience this time in March, uh, that warm weather is just a trick. You still have a few uh, northern blasts to hit you. So it's not over. Just when you think that now we're finally getting into the warm weather, the bad stuff is about to hit again. I've got my fingers crossed. And then summer turns on and it goes right to 100 degrees. Pretty much. All right. Well, that ends the obligatory weather section of our e-com sales tax podcast. I want to get right into the, the topic du jour, which is frequently asked questions by non-U.S. e-commerce sellers, FBA sellers. These are questions that we get almost every day, and I want to take the time to answer them so that people can have this resource free to them and can just feel like, all right, I understand what's going on. All right, Dan, I'm going to put you on the spot. I know these are things that you can answer off the top. So are you ready for rapid fire? Let's do it. All right. So you see so much information out there and people talk a lot about, uh, you know, the type of entity, U.S. entity that you should form, what state you should put it in. There's a lot of misinformation because they'll typically recommend some state that has no income tax, uh, you know, basically implying that if you put it here, you don't have to owe any tax. And uh, the, the biggest exposure, the biggest tax risk that any FBA seller has, whether they come from across the pond or they're in the U.S. already, is sales tax. And where you locate your uh, um, business entity will not make any difference for sales tax. Are you agree? Do you agree with that bold statement right there? Yes, I do. Feel free to disagree if, if I've said anything out of line. Feel free to say something wrong and I will disagree. <laughs> okay. I probably will say something wrong. Uh, I'm known to do that. Um, so let, we're dispatching with the question of, is it important for sales tax purposes where we locate an entity? But we've skipped the question of, do I even need a U.S.-based entity uh, either to sell in the U.S.? Like, is there some legal requirement? Uh, you know, does Amazon require me to have a U.S. entity? Yeah, and if they don't, but do I have to have a U.S. entity to collect sales tax? Well, Andy, there, there are pros and cons to, to both, but uh, it certainly is not required to have a uh, U.S. entity to collect sales tax. The, uh, the states are more than happy to take your money, whether you're, you're a foreign or, or domestic entity. Uh, you, can, you can certainly uh, register for a sales tax account. You can collect the tax and you can remit it just fine. And, and a number of our clients do, in fact. We, we do a lot of business with foreign sellers and uh, the, whether or not you form a, a U.S.-based entity, uh, a lot of times, will revolve around a, a number of other considerations that are not necessarily trivial and, and need to be considered, but sales tax isn't really necessarily one of them. Right, right. So um, I, I had this discussion just recently with a prominent uh, FBA business advisor 
who was under the impression, really very strong belief, that Amazon required you to have a U.S. bank account and a U.S. entity to sell on their platform. Um, unless my unless a number of our clients know some secret backdoor handshake, um, I, I don't know that that's accurate. All right, so I, I didn't I didn't think so either because um, I could just reflect on our own client situation. Um, so the U.S. entity uh, may not be required, but are there benefits to operating your non-U.S. business inside of a U.S. entity? Well, there, there certainly are. Um, if you want to get a U.S. bank account, it is infinitely harder to do if you are a foreign entity. It's much easier to do with a U.S. entity. Registrations can be easier to complete. Uh, some of the, the paperwork can be easier to complete. Um, there's the, the system really is designed to work with U.S. entities in a lot of cases, and so that's what they're used to seeing. And so it everything tends to flow a little bit smoother if you do have a U.S. entity. Um, there again, there's a number of considerations to take into account other than other than sales tax. So we, we always advise, when we get those kinds of questions, we, we always advise our clients to, to look into all aspects of the transaction before they, they make a U.S. entity. Right, because you may find out that it's completely non-tax related, you may find out that if you purchase from distributors or suppliers, in the U.S., they may have their own requirement that they only deal with U.S. entities. So that may be something that's imposed on you by business reasons, not for tax reasons. Certainly, and there could be there could be various legal reasons. Formation of a corporation is, is often a legal thing, and uh, you and I certainly uh, are not attorneys, nor do we play them on podcasts. You mentioned something that we're going to get to because a lot of people have this question. So hold on, people, about um, this idea of a U.S. bank account. And if you want to have a U.S. bank account, typically, you said infinitely harder to have a U.S. bank account if you are not a U.S. entity. Uh, you didn't say impossible, although the term infinitely tends to lead to, in that direction. But apparently it's not impossible but it is hard to have a U.S. bank account. So let's get into it then. U.S. bank account. Um, if you, are fi you want to file your sales tax returns in the U.S., are you required to have sales tax returns? Do the states require you like as a, uh, you know, one of their three things that they require, you must have a U.S. bank account? Um, that's not, I, I don't know that that's required. Um, without, with there, when you're filing sales tax, there's, there's a few ways you can do it. If, uh, a lot of states will let, give you the, either the option or at lower filing levels, they let you file by paper. And if you can cut some kind of a check or a draft or an e-check or, or some get a, get a, uh, one of these bill pay companies to do it for you, then you can, you can get, make payment that way. In the event that you are trying to tender payment, uh, you were required to do an electronic payment for a state, then a number of them, uh, I don't know if all states support wire transfers yet, which is kind of the, the go-to for international, uh, albeit it can be expensive. There's, there's oftentimes a fee associated with a wire transfer on one or both ends. 
so there, there's complications there. Most states, uh, are com their comfort zone is, is what's called an ACH transfer, where, which is a transfer from a bank account. And it's, it is my understanding that you, you do have to be a, have a, a U.S. bank account to implement those. Uh, I, I could be mistaken in that. They may allow some foreign, but that's, um, that was my experience. Of right. You cannot, you cannot ACH uh, internationally uh, because from my understanding, just talking to the banks and trying to figure this out for our clients, AC, wire transfer, as soon as that wire transfer is initiated and closed, that money is gone. It's either gone, it's gone from the sender and it's owned by the receiver. There's no clawback provisions. So ACH is different. So wire, you can have a same-day wire, and the money is there. There's no risk that the sender will, will say, oops, I didn't mean to send that. And, but an ACH, I think, has like a four-banking-day uh, protection such that if the sender says, oops, he has a two or three days to do it. And so that's the main reason, from what I understand, why uh, – Bank accounts are effectively required. So as far as the states are concerned, they'll take your money. But when you're filing online, which most of them require now, uh, their only way of taking money from you is via this ACH transfer. So they just require to make the payment, you've got to uh, have a U.S. bank account. So then what do you do if you absolutely cannot get a U.S. bank account? Well, uh, then that's a good time to talk to us because we may be able to help you. It's an extraordinary situation, but we have helped other clients. That's really a one-on-one -on -one type discussion just to see uh, in your particular situation, how can we help you? All right, so that's the answer for the U.S. bank account. It's not technically a requirement just to file returns, so that question is kind of a tricky question but it may be required to actually pay the money, right? Uh, so, all right, now let's ask another question that always comes up, which is, is an EIN, also known as FEIN, Employer Identification Number, or Federal Employer Identification Number, uh, is such a number, which is issued by the U.S. federal government, the IRS, is that number required? Must a seller... We already talked, they don't need an, uh, a U.S. entity, but must they obtain an EIN in order to register to collect sales tax? Well, the answer to that one is yes. Uh, they, most states, if not all, do require an, an EIN in order to, to register for a sales tax account. It's kind of like a, it's a kind of a master number they use to, to tie into uh, an account to an entity, and it's used... Uh, it, it's it's uh, the basis for most of them. So they they need something. You when any time you're you're running a database, you need a unique identifier number to identify one record from the other. And for the state's purposes of identifying different taxpayers, the FEIN is is kind of the the backbone that they use. So just about every state is going to require that. Yeah, it might not be required as like a legal requirement to to sell goods in the U.S. Um, that, that, that's not what the number, you, you explained it just right. Uh, I, I'm aware that some vendors, before they'll deal with you, uh, they may require you to be a U.S. entity like we already mentioned, but they may also require you to have an EIN. 
So there's just another way for them to verify who you are. Uh, a customs broker may also require it. Um, and this is a service that we help clients with all the time, just getting their EIN. Um, and it's also something that you can do on your own. So that's the EIN. This becomes very confusing, even for US-based people like myself. Uh, we have all these things. We have US bank account. We have US entities, the various entities, LLCs, S-Corps, C-Corps, partnerships, um, trusts. What else have I missed? Um, you have the single owner LLCs, disregarded entities. You have all these things that you could possibly be. Uh, if not, and then we have these identifier number, identification numbers. And here's another one that people ask about. Um, is, are you required to have a social security number or ITIN required to, in order to register for sales tax? If you ask the states, they would very much like you to. They use... Uh, the states, and when they register, they want a, the information for a responsible party. Uh, sales tax is a trust tax, and they want somebody whose feet they can hold over the fire if they're not getting their, their taxes every month or, or quarter or whatever, name your filing frequency here. Um, now, the problem with insisting on an SSN or an ITIN is you have to have uh, the the U.S. government will not give a social security number out to just anybody who walks into the office and and uh, has a pulse. You ha you subject to certain uh, residency requirements and and is a very much a matter of, of uh, immigration and authorization to work. Um, the I-10 is given out to certain individuals who do not or foreign individuals that don't qualify for a social but have certain reasons that they need to. Uh, in report things to the IRS. And there's, when you apply for an ITIN, there's a list of, of approved reasons to get one that you have to select. Needing to file state sales tax returns is not on that list. And so they won't just, they don't just give anybody an ITIN either. And this is, we've explained this to the states numerous times and they, uh, they oftentimes will, will come back with, well, we just need something to identify these officers. And, you know, it's, you, we can't oftentimes uh, it ends up being a, a discussion. Usually what most states will do is come up with some kind of a workaround for foreign sellers. They don't publish the workaround. They don't go. Uh, it may be that not everybody knows in the, in their offices about this workaround, which, which is a headache for us quite often, but they're, they usually come up with something because they ultimately they want the money. They want the sales tax that's collected and if you don't give somebody a workaround that can't get a social or an ITIN, you've effectively made it where they cannot collect the sales tax and pay you, even though they may otherwise want to. And that's not the situation the states want to be in. So they will come up with, sometimes you got to really push them, but, but there usually is a workaround that somebody has that got approved that you can use to get registered in these states if you're a foreign seller. Yeah, it's not a workaround that like a special button you could push online in the registration process. It's usually somebody we have to contact and someone we've worked with before. Um, I know that if you are not a U.S. resident, you are not required to have either one. That's, that's the big picture. This, the, the small picture is states don't typically recognize this, and it can create problems when you're trying to get registered, especially online. All right, good answer, Dan. Thank you. Um, let's see. What other questions have we not answered? Uh, 
we entered the U.S. bank account. Oh, how about these? Uh, uh, Ryan was mentioning we get these questions all the time. The W-8-B-E-N-E forms. Um, are these necessary? Uh, is that something that we can help people with? What can you tell us about those forms? The W-8-B-E-N-E. Well, the the W eight series is uh, it it it's a for non residents. It essentially clarifies as to whether or not the the vendor has to withhold. And with Amazon, if you don't fill it out and give it to them, then there's a chance that they're going to withhold a percentage of all of your sales to satisfy income withholding. Now, for many reasons, you probably don't have income withholding, but you have to you have. Amazon has to document this appropriately, and the form the form for this is the W-8-B-E-N, I believe it is the E for, for entities. So there is, uh, it, it's a little bit of a, a headache to fill out, but that is what Amazon will typically want and, uh, and require, as will any, as will vendors oftentimes, or, or parties that you're doing business with, in order to fulfill their requirements so that the IRS doesn't require them to withhold. Uh, your your most foreign sellers home countries will have some kind of equivalent mechanism as well. Okay, perfect. All right, final question. Just another kind of uh, this isn't really a tax per se question, but um, people get concerned about this. Just logistics. And so if we if we're doing people's sales tax returns, we get them registered. Uh, they would have to put their mailing address and then the state proceeds to send out various forms. And if you're an international seller in uh, South Africa, UK, uh, uh, Russia, you name it, uh, mail can be delayed, it can get lost. So what, what do we typically do to help people regarding just this question of the mail? Well, uh to, to even add a point, even just getting to Canada, our, our wonderful neighbors to the north, uh, the mail, for some reason, the mail going between U.S. and Canada Post seems to get delayed forever. Uh-huh. Um, it, so it, it really is a concern. It, by the time you, you get a 15-day notice and it's the 21st day by the time you get it, good luck. Uh, but as w- what we can do is if, we're, if we are helping a, for clients that we do returns for, and for, that we're, we're performing services for, we will offer to, uh, oftentimes we'll offer to be the kind of the mailing destinations that the states can send their mail to, that we can, uh, we can receive it and, uh, and then pass it on as is necessary, or if it's related to something that we're, we're working on, use it as is appropriate, deal with it, deal with tax notices, uh, that's not to be confused with if anything calls for a registered agent, uh, oftentimes that is legally something very different uh, and there's that's not that's uh, we can help you with that service but that's but that's a, a whole different conversation as well very good all right well I, that's the main questions that that we get uh, repeatedly from our friends outside the US we uh, appreciate the opportunity to answer them and if you have further questions or we haven't explained it very well feel free to reach out so, Dan, thank you very much for your time today. That's the, uh, that concludes this week's episode of the Ecom Sales Tax Podcast. Thank you, Andy.